Good morning. Welcome to Trainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton. And I'm Susan Touchton. Hey, we're going to bring you into our life a little more. Um, you know, there's there's things that we automatically assume based off the past. Um, and it's one of those things that every situation that we get into, um, we've been there in the past. And we had a situation happen Sunday night that uh, this morning just really, really, really was brought to me in the, the way of this is, this is how marriage problems are. Um, Sunday night, we were asked to do testimony at the church. And um, so the Brooke was running it and she come to me and she said, hey, I'll just trust you finish it however you want to, um, whatever works just like God lead you. And, and I said, okay, yeah, that's no problem. So, um, I went up and sat by Susan and, and, you know, I was like, well, do you want, do you want me to go last or do you want to do it together or what's your thoughts? And I'll just let you kind of pick up from there. Well, I, Brooke had come up to me and said, um, I'll let you, I've got a list of names up on who's going to go in what order, and I've got you last, so whenever you're done, just I'll come up and take the mic. So I was fine with that. And I said, um, so um, then David asked if we wanted to go together, and I said, well, it doesn't really matter. Um, and then he said, well, I'll let, I'll let you go, and then I'll be last. And I said, well, Brooke asked me to be last, and he's like, okay, fine, whatever, is how I perceived it. And so in my thought process, I was thinking, um, I, he, I feel like he always, you know, that I didn't have the capability of ending it or in that he wanted to, um, you know, have the last say and get all the glory and um, be the last one to speak and just insane thoughts that were floating through my head. Um, and I couldn't, you know, I admit I was in a hormonal mindset, um, on Sunday night. So I just was kind of in a pity party. And so I was thinking the worst as far as, you know, um, she's asked me to do something and then here you come in and, you either want to rescue me or you want to take it away from me or you want to dot, dot, dot. Um, and so anyway, we ended up going, standing up there together and we kind of tag team like we normally do anytime we share. And, and it all worked out fine. But I think what David's trying to get at today and share with you guys is perception isn't always reality because his thought process was totally different than mine. Well, and, and, you know, my thought is we've been, we did a testimony on beautiful feet, which is a mission trip we've been on for years. And, and, um, you know, I, I really, since we've been together on so many of them, some of the highlight stories we both speak about and, you know, my thought process was I wanted Susan to speak because I didn't want to take the good stories or the impactful stories away from her and her say, oh, well, 
great. You took what I was going to say, which we've done this in the past. And, you know, you we both do this in different avenues where where we assume the worst in the person that we're with. Um, and I, I think that every marriage goes through that to where, based off your past, you make presumptions and assumptions with no basis. And, you know, that's kind of what we, what I wanted to talk about this morning, because, you know, at the time I was thinking, well, okay, if I go last, whatever story she tells, I can tell a different one. I don't really care. It really makes no difference. And, and Brooke had said, close it however you want to. So I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, but from her perspective, based off the past, there was, there was assumptions made because I have done that before. I mean, they, I'm not, it's just true in the past. I've done that before. And so a lot of that comes up in the conversation of our mind. And I, I guess that's really kind of where normally in 10 years ago, we would have stopped there. She would have been mad. I would have been clueless which is true. And, and I didn't intend on doing anything that I didn't think I did anything that was going to hurt her or draw that, but we'd have just left it there for two, three days. May talk about it, may not. We, we just let it fester. And, and that's kind of how you get into this marriage thing of you really can't stand to be with the other person. Cause all they do is dot, dot, dot when really the discussion hasn't been had. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today is, is when you start down this road of assuming in your mind, and then you don't finish it properly and have a discussion, then that's where marriage problems come from. I, I mean, it's just true because... We've done this for so many years. Literally, there's probably a million examples in our 27 years where we've mishandled it and we didn't didn't argue or fight correctly. Well, and I think what happens is, like, this was not a huge significant event that happened. It was just, like, let's say, like a little splinter. It's not a thorn, but it's just like a little splinter that would get under your skin and so, you know, you just kind of roll with it and go on. We got up, did our thing. Nobody was any wiser. I wasn't here nor there. Like, I wasn't feeling resentful or hurt or anything like that. It's just thoughts that kind of go through, you know, our heads. Um, but it's a little splinter. Well, and then we didn't address, you know, we just went about our evening. We went to the ice cream store. We came home, went to bed. Life was good. Then Monday morning, we get up and we go to the office and um, we all know what Monday mornings are like, generally speaking. Um, you're, you're coming off of a, a weekend, like I've got a list of things at the office that I feel like I need to get done first thing in the morning. And so I'm in there, my office working. David comes in and is telling me a story about some things that are happening with some guys he's working with. 
and I can feel myself kind of zoning out and not really paying attention to what he's saying because my focus is on what I need to accomplish for the day. I knew I was going to be there a short amount of time that day because our son has ball games on Monday nights. And so I'm thinking of all these things that I need to get done when he's trying to share some stuff with me. And it was just kind of weighing on me, I guess. So another splinter kind of goes in under the skin. And so I, he went on and I, I was sitting there thinking, I've got to do something. You know, something is... I. If I continue to let these little splinters, you know, get inside of me, then it's going to eventually become a thorn to where eventually, you know, it just everything stacks on top of each other and then it becomes an issue. So I went into his office and I said, hey, um, you know, we need to try to figure something out because on Monday mornings, I feel like I am just overwhelmed anyway, and I don't feel like I can give you the attention and really listen to what you're saying because my mind is completely somewhere else. Um, and and I got to be honest with you, this, it was very, um, I was very anxious about having this conversation because I didn't know how it was going to go. I didn't know, uh, again, as you all, if you've listened to our podcast before, I'm very non-confrontational. I didn't want to hurt his feelings. Um, and he reacted somewhat like I thought he would as far as, I, you know, well, I'll just, go, I'll just go talk to somebody else. I'll vent these things to somebody else. And that wasn't my point. My point was, let's figure out a different time maybe that we can do it because when he comes into my office, I don't feel like, um, you know, I think, I feel like he thinks that what I'm doing isn't valuable. My time isn't important because it's our business. He can come in and interrupt me whenever he wants. Um, and so there's just all these different things that run through your head. And I feel like Satan is just having a field day. He's like, oh, let me throw this up and let me throw this up and causing not huge conflict, not a knockdown drag out fight, but all these little irritations or splinters for lack of a better word that just continue to grind and then we we conjure up these outcomes in our head that generally aren't the way the outcome is. And so, you know, by the end of the conversation and I'll let David kind of feel his side of it, but by the end of the conversation, we were both on the same page. I understood where he was coming from. He understood where I was coming from. And the anxiety and the stress was released because we just had an adult conversation. <laughs> you know, and it's amazing. I, I laugh because I think for 19 years, we didn't have an adult conversation. Right, because I was so afraid of communicating yeah. And, and that's where, you know, and, and of course when she comes in, she's, she's wound up anyway, in the sense of, you know, not sure what I'm going to say. And it, and it comes across as, listen, I don't want to talk to you. I've got stuff. You don't appreciate me. You don't want anything. And it's like, fine, I'll talk to somebody else. I don't care. Cause sometimes with me, it's just, I'm not looking for your opinion. I'm not, I just got to vent it because I also know the more stuff I hang on to, it builds up inside of me, good or bad. 
I'm the, my type personality just has to vent and let it go in a good way, in a bad way. And, and so, and I try to, when I walk in there, stand there and wait until she finishes what she's doing. I don't always do that, but it's one of those things to where really my intent that night was absolutely the exact opposite. Monday morning, I thought I waited. I might not have. I because sometimes I don't. I just start talking when I walk in the room, and I'm trying to get better on that and trying to to understand and appreciate and stop to talk. Um, but it really, in the end, um, you know, then it kind of become a joke. Then it's like I walk in her office, and it's like, hey. I don't mean to bother you. I'm sorry. You know, and she said, <laughs> stop. But, you know, okay, now let's take this backside of this. And, you know, let's kind of talk about what we brought into this conversation that was not true. And, you know, you, you kind of get to the point, just like when she started talking, it's like, fine. I won't talk to you no more. I, I mean, you you kind of get to the point because that's where sometimes in the past I went because there was no way of, of winning. I, I felt like I was always wrong and she feels like she's always wrong. So we're both always wrong. And, and uh, you know, it really to me was, was one of those things that we assume the worst in each other a lot of days. And I, I think a lot of couples are in that spot to where you you automatically go to the assumption of they're doing this for dot, dot, dot. Well, and I think a lot of times, like you said, we, we want to be right and they want to be right when there really is no right or wrong. You're not wrong. I'm not right vice versa there right. it's it's not a right or wrong situation it's just truth and it's just a conversation yeah no and it, but i think though with with our past though that and that's really my point is this morning that god kind of put on me is is what are your in your past conversations whether it be with your spouse with somebody else when you were a kid when you grew up what untruths are you bringing to the conversation and assumptions? Because really when you break it all down, and, and this is what Dan always told us, you know, um, let's go to what we know is true. You love her, you're married, and you have kids. That's true. But sometimes depending on the past, the situation, where you're at, you, you get to the point to where you automatically assume the worst. They must be doing this just to piss me off. Or they're doing this just to hurt me. When, you know, when you're married, when do we get to the point we assume the best in each other? When do we get to the point that we assume, you know, I need to ask more questions because this is not who they are. And you know we're we're still learning that as you listen to this podcast, you're you're going to figure out that we do not have it all figured out, and we're trying to learn through it. But you know, 
somewhere you've got to assume the best in your spouse. You've got to assume your spouse isn't lying to you and everybody else is telling you the truth. You've got to assume that they're not here to hurt you or kill you or get rid of you. Even though in the past, that could have been true. Or you might have felt that way validly. And so how do you work through that process? And that's that's kind of where I'm at this morning is, is we... It's all right. Oh, yeah. I left. Blakely's here this morning. Um, our potty is broken, and I left the top. Anyway, it's welcome to our world. That's just the way we roll. Um, okay, back on track. Um, you know, I, I. you hit a certain point where if you've been hurt enough by your spouse, not necessarily by your spouse or you assume it's your spouse, you automatically assume the worst in them. And I, I think that's a deterioration over time. That's not a automatic, when you're married, this happens. But when you've been married 27 years like we have, there's a lot of baggage in our past. And whether it come from a previous marriage whether it come from whatever, we brought it all in here. Well, and I think something that we all need to remember is, and, you know, when you're in the heat of the moment, I'm not sure the best way to remember this, but you and your spouse are on the same team. Right. And I think we need to remember that in the sense of, like, assume, assume better things about. Don't assume the worst in your spouse. Assume that they're going to tell you the truth. Assume that they're on your side. Assume that they want the best for you. And then you can move forward in a conversation that's a little bit more on the positive side than what you can conjure up or what Satan puts in your head. Um, the fact of the matter is, the way I look at it, I mean, we're getting ready to have our last child leave the house. David and I are going to be it. Right. We're going to be in the house by ourselves. And we've got to be on the same team because nobody else is going to stand up for me like he will. Nobody's going to protect me. Nobody's going to have my back like he does. And I would like, I hope he would say the same about me is nobody's going to have his back like I do. And nobody, you know, so we got to figure a way with well, that being said, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I'm thinking back when we had kids, you know, we were on polar opposites and I always looked at it as it's like Mexico. You're guilty until you prove your innocence. Susan always assumed the best in them. And, you know, the kids would try to pin us against each other. You know, the they, world tries to pin us against right. each other. Where, where we knew, you know, they knew where I stood. They knew where she stood. So they try to push that card. I love you, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I drug Haley out in the garage one time and I said, let me tell you something. You're looking for me to side with you against her. You need to understand you will leave the house and it will just be us. So I automatically side with her, even if we disagree. You know, and I think some of these patterns were were started a long time ago. 
in how we react and and what we do and we assume the worst because at times yeah i agree she should have assumed the worst i am not not denying that but then the question is how do you get to where you're standing back to back and it's you two against the world well and why would i be fearful to have a conversation with the one person who would move heaven and earth for me and but Satan puts these things in our head or based off of the past and how he's reacted in the past. And that's the thing is, is, you know, he's got to know that I'm coming with the best intentions and that I'm not coming to harm him or to put him down or to do whatever the case may be, but that you know, if we could get in that mindset when there's a conversation that needs to be had, that I'm coming to you with this conversation because this is how I feel and I want to better you and I want to make a, you know, instead of I'm afraid because you made me feel this way or whatever the case may be. And I'm not probably making a lot of sense, but, you know, if, if we come to conversations with he's got my back, I've got his back. I'm not coming at this conversation to hurt his feelings or to make him feel bad. And if he realizes that, that every time I come to him with a conversation, it's not to hurt his feelings or to put him down. But it's just a conversation that needs to be had. Well, and I think the the other thing you get into, though, is both of us do it. Both of us make assumptions about the other person that aren't always the best. And it is truly based off the past because um, in the past, you know, when, when you start breaking down our marriage, I mean, we had a train wreck of a marriage for 19 years. And, you know, this thought just hit me. How do you forgive them? You know, when in the, because part of this, part of this is unforgiveness because we still have our guard up. And I, I'm as I'm scrolling through and it, it you know, God's just showing me that somewhere you have to learn to forgive. Because back to Matthew 6, I believe it's 14. It's after the Lord's Prayer. Um, God says, if you forgive others, I forgive you. If you don't forgive others, I won't forgive you. Well, it takes time, guys. It's not an overnight automatic. We're eight years into working on our marriage and we're, we're still having struggles. Now, realistically, this struggle compared to eight years ago is almost not even on the chart. Right. I mean, <laughs> this is so minute, right. but you've got to keep a clear air. You, you've got to reassure the person you've got to, and, and, being cautious of their time, like with Susan. I know that's a, a high point for her on Mondays. My goal is to try to adjust to help her because I'm not here to hurt her, I'm not here to make her life worse. And, you know, and I guess that's really kind of the, I deal with a lot of guys and, and, you know, one of the common threads is the assumptions that my wife dot, dot, dot. Well, and I think we set expectations, too, of, 
I can't expect him to um, honor me, for lack of a better word, the way that I think he should. It What his version of honoring me and what my version of honoring me looks completely different. And then that conversation needs to be had of right. what's it look like to me, what's it look like to you. Um, you know, there's the love languages and what... My expect, you know, I would expect him to respect my time and to not just barge into my office and to dot, 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 when his expectation may be he comes in and he sits in the chair and waits until I'm done doing what I'm doing. But I think if you look at the way we were raised, our families, mm -hmm. they were completely different too. Correct. And, and I mean, I grew up in a business family and so yeah, business is number one. We deal with it. We get it handled. We move on. And, um, you know, I, I think back a long time ago, I mean, me and dad, when I was a kid, be working on something and, and literally we could be screaming at each other mad. And then it'd be like, Oh, Hey, it's lunch. You want to go to Bob's and eat breakfast? Sure, let's go. It was that was the environment we were in, and so business did come first. Period. I mean, that was what fed us, and that's what got it. And you know, as a guy, it's hard to make that transition sometimes for me, I guess, to where you know, because it was really all business driven, is what I was for the first 42 years of life. And so I don't see it as being rude. I see it as handling business where her family was completely opposite. Well, but sometimes that's what I feel like is I am working on the business and you're coming in with, you know, different things of what's going on in the in a ministry world. And I'm focused on business and know that you're drive is business and so i'm trying to do what needs to be done for the bit anyway it just gets to be a convoluted mess well in my drive i mean i think it, just a parallel that i'm seeing right now my drive for ministry is the same as business right. when i get on it i'm ready to go right, right? but sometimes we're on different you know sometimes i'm in business mind and not ministry right. mind sometimes you're nine times out of ten on ministry mode and not business mode and so and that's kind of what my whole point of was monday going in there is we need to figure out how to both be on ministry mode at the same time and both be in work mode at the same time um it's not like we have a whole lot of extra time to visit in the evenings and you know and like david said a lot of times when he comes in whatever he comes in with is on his mind at the time because he may not think of it later. Um, and so just trying to figure out a balance of, you know, working it out. Yeah. And that's the thing is if you don't have the conversation and if you guys aren't truly talking, we're doing a marriage event in Cherryville, uh, the 23rd and 24th, I believe it is mm -hmm. Friday night, Saturday. And, you know, that was one of the questions is they're going to have a panel with question and answer. And, uh, you know, I, I know that where she was at 10 years ago and where I'd put her at, she would not have asked a question publicly that would have infuriated me because that was a very large caution because I had a lot of anger. 
And that's one thing I said, hey, we need to write anonymous questions. Let people fill them out because it's some of this stuff, um, you're scared. Now, how do you get through this? And, and this is kind of wrapping this up. How do you, how do you make this work? Well, number one, um, if God's not working with both of you on who you are, then it won't work because you're going to continue with how you've always reacted. Cause God's the only one that can truly change someone. And, and so what does that look like whenever you're doing that? Um, something I actually read this morning, I'm reading Craig Rochelle's winning the war in your mind. And, um, something he pointed out in that book was figure out how to stop being fixated on the presence of my problems and re refocus on the presence of God. Um, I think so many times we, we get fixated on what's going on or what my spouse is doing or not doing. And we don't even bring God into the scenario when he's the one that can either give us peace or he can shine some light on the subject. Um, he can give us a word, you know, he is with us all the time. Also, he said, when you've had enough, God is enough. God is bigger than our problems. And I think um, whether, you know, I would pray that, you know, when people, Christians are in a Christian marriage, that both people are walking with the Lord. We're finding that's not always the case. And so we, you've got to turn your focus on him because, um, honestly, he's the only one that can, can fix any relationship. Well, and and he, he's got to show you who you really are. And I think that's, you know, we get into the assumption that it's their problem. And I, I think it was Dan always said, if that frustrates or angers you, it's odds are it's in you too. And it, I think that sometimes we just assume, you know, we're people. We we do assume to a point that we're right. Mm -hmm. And we assume to a point that if it doesn't match up with what we think, then they must be wrong. Kind of a general first impression. And I challenge you to... To work through that, number one, see if God needs to change you. But number two, ask questions. Don't assume. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it's one of those things of, really, I hadn't heard that or I didn't think that. What was your thought on that? Okay, now you're giving the other person a chance to reveal who what they're seeing. Doesn't mean it's right. But instead of the automatic defense where they must be blah, 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 whatever, you know, when I, I think without God showing you and revealing who you are, I'm working with one guy and, and, uh, you know, the de demons of his past is controlling his marriage mm. and he doesn't see that at all. He sees it as it's her or it's good enough marriage. And, and that's the way we were. Um, was it, it's a good enough marriage when really it's not. And, and so I challenge you, instead of looking at your spouse for their problem, start praying about what 
God needs to show you about you. And why settle for a good enough marriage? It's a relationship that hopefully you'll have for the rest of your life. Why not work on trying to make it great? Absolutely. Well, we're out of time again. We appreciate your therapy session with us. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, learn to love what you got and learn to love God. Figure out who he is and build your relationship on him. And, and uh, He is enough. He is enough. Well, have a great day.